Hi, Avril here from Access Credit Union. We are delighted to once again sponsor the Star Sports Podcast. As part of our range of new business loans, we now offer Cultivate Farm Finance, the farmer-friendly loan package. With a Cultivate loan, farmers in West Cork can benefit from the local decision-making and personal service offered by Access Credit Union. To find out more, go to accesscu.ie forward slash cultivate, call me on 085 268 2727 or 028-21883, where a member of our team will be happy to help you with your inquiry. Close your eyes and pull like a dog. <laughs> And a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam McGuire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined as always by Star Sport editor Kieran McCarty. Before we kick things off I'd just like to give a gentle reminder to our listeners and viewers to please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you in association with our friends at Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union where your bank really does matter. Choose the credit union, choose local, choose community. The Pork Erin or Nowhere saga is finally at an end and after weeks of speculation, name calling and questionable Twitter gags, the Munster football semi-final between Cork and Kerry has been fixed for the Cork City venue at 6pm on May 7th. On today's podcast, we'll be joined by Cork GEA chairman Mark Sheehan to discuss that and more as we gear up for the start of the Munster Football Championship. Elsewhere, the showpiece fixture of the West Cork soccer season takes place this Sunday at 2pm in Skibbereen and later on the show we'll be joined by author and journalist Joe McCarthy to preview the Beamish Cup final between Clonakilty Soccer Club and Lawyer Rovers. But Kieran, let's start with the Cork footballers and with no podcast last week. We missed out on the chance to discuss the news that Keith Ricken was to take a break from his role as manager to be replaced by John Cleary on a temporary basis. What can you tell us at this stage about this situation? So like you said there, Jack, John Cleary, the Castlevan man, he's got in temporary charge of the Cork senior footballers. And in the statement from Cork GA, they said it's for the foreseeable future. So um, Keith Ricken, he wasn't on the sideline for Cork's last two Division Two National League games, the home win against Down and the, the vital away win against Toffoli. And he's just taken a break from, from the role for now. He's, he's stepped aside. Um, for the future. So all we can do is just wish Keith the very best. Hopefully we'll see him back on the sideline with Cork very, very soon. He's, a, he's such a passionate GA man and anyone who's ever talked to him, interacted, interacted with him, listened to him, you come away much the wiser from talking to him. So the hope we all have is that we'll see Keith back in the Cork banished doors bib um, in the foreseeable future. But until then, the gig is John Leary's. It's probably a short-term gig until Keith is back. But this is almost, and I wrote in, in last week's Southern Star, this is not the way that John Cleary wanted to become Cork senior football manager. But over the years, and, and twice before in particular, he was very close to getting that job. I'm I'm thinking when um, after Brian Cuthbert left back in, I think it was 2015, that uh, it looked like it was going to be John Cleary's 
gig and it looked like he had the job but it just didn't work out at the time and there was a, a story that the Southern Star broke um, at the time when Cleary said no it's not for me that um, citing time commitment so he's the man now who is preparing this Cork team for the for the May 7th showdown against Kerry in, in Parky Ring and John Cleary is a very passionate GMN he's a very knowledgeable GMN as well he know that Cork were up against it on, on May 7th against Kerry, but no stone would be left unturned as the as Cork looked to spring an ambush. So um, at, at the moment, we'll see John Cleary on the sideline on May 7th, but at least we know, Jack, where the game is on. Yeah, absolutely, Kieran. And before we switch our attentions, I just briefly wanted to ask you about John Cleary. And I suppose the fact that he was already part of Keith Rickon's backroom team um, from the beginning of this season, it's unlikely we're going to see any wholesale squad changes or changes to the style of play because he was embedded in that uh, management panel, management team already. Exactly. And it just made so much sense for for John Cleary to, to take the reins while, while Keith Ricken is not available because John was brought in as a football coach when Keith Ricken named his new management team back in October. So he knows the ropes inside there. He knows the structure. He knows the players. He's been working with them for the last six, seven, eight months. So he'll know, he'll have his own ideas at how to get the best out of them and how to set up with the players that he has available to him for the game against Kerry on Saturday week. So it was a very sensible decision. It was a very wise decision. But like I said as well, John Cleary is a very knowledgeable football man. Um, think back with the, the, the Cork under 21s when he was in charge with them. Go back to his own playing career, actually. He was um, a very a very good and very highly rated forward with, with Cork back in his own playing days. So he's a huge bank of knowledge and experience that he can he can lean on now as he as he prepares Cork for the for the biggest game of the year. Yeah, absolutely. All the best to John Cleary, and of course, all the best to Keith Ricken too. But Kieran, you mentioned that we have. A venue for that clash between Cork and Kerry. And on Monday evening, there was a statement released. It read, the CCC of the Munster Council ratified Porky Rin as the venue for the Munster Senior Football semi-final between Cork and Kerry. The game will throw in at 6pm on May 7th. So after weeks of speculation, back and forth, some hijinks, we have the venue. And in a moment... Kieran, we're going to speak to Cork GA chairman Mark Sheen about the news and about the ratification of Porky Rin as the venue. But are you happy to finally see an end to this sorry saga? It just took the 26 or 27 days um, for this to, to finally play out and to finally get the, I suppose, the, the, the end that the Cork footballers wanted and, and Cork fans wanted. And to be honest, it's, it's, it's the best possible outcome too. It was March 30th, I'm looking at it here, when the Munster Council released a statement saying that they were switching the venue from, from Parky Ring to Fitzgerald Stadium. And that set in motion then this, this sequence of events that's just dragged on for weeks and weeks. You can call it a saga, call it a, a drama, call it what you want. Um, but it was all that and even more because once the Cork footballers said, I think that was the very end of March, that they weren't going to play in anywhere but Parky Ring. We're almost at an impasse then because the Cork footballers just were not blinking. They weren't going to, they weren't going to stand down from their position, and they were dead right not to as well. They were hundred percent right to stick to their guns because Cork had home advantage for this game. Initially, the Munster Council moved it to Clarney because they wanted to get more bums on seats and get a bigger capacity, and ultimately make more money off the game when you bring it down to Clarney. But now we have. We have a resolution. Helped too has to be said by by Kerry G's statement last Friday morning when they said they were they were willing to travel 
No, 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 no. We're not giving any credit to, to Kerry G and this one, Kieran. It's, all the credit goes to the Cork players and management for making a stand and sticking but, to their guns. They put the pressure on Kerry G. A hundred percent. I'm giving a hundred percent of the kudos and credit. Well, oh, yes, oh, I get that. Like, you have to, you have to, like, the footballers make their stance, but the, that Kerry decision. It just moved in the way a small bit because we were coming to effect. We were less than two weeks out in the game and we still had no white smoke. And you're kind of you're waiting to see who would blink first. And it's so important to say here that the Cork footballers were not going to blink here. Like they were going to they were going to kind of stare just, just right down to the line. So um the Cork footballers didn't blink, the others did blink, and that's how we're at the situation now where we will have this game in, in we've, in seen, we've seen the dangers of putting too much emphasis on balance in broadcasting especially in the uk with the bbc in particular and rt to a certain extent that's not a problem on the star sport podcast this we're is neighbors, no place. Jack, we're neighbors. this is no place for balance we're neighbors we're enemies the the the, 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 the monster semi-final is in a fortnight time i have no time for this loving cork have won the first battle can they win the war is going to be a big question though that is a big question, and there's no getting away. It's going to be a huge, huge challenge for this Cork team. Cork ambushed Kerry back in 2020. That 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 wet night, that wet November night in Parky Quiven, Mark Keane kind of rode into the, the annals of GA history with that that late match winning goal. It's you'd find it very hard to find anyone outside the Cork camp who'll give Cork too much of a chance against this Kerry team on May 7th, but never say never. Like you said there, Cork have won the first battle. Kerry have to travel up to Parky Ring. Um, so after the Cork fans now to say, like, I want to see welcome to hell banners in Parky Ring that night. I want to see the Cork fans turn out in their thousands and create a cauldron up there and make it an uncomfortable night for, for Kerry. Um, make it as uncomfortable as they possibly can, because even though the Parky Ring and Parky Creek pitches, they're, they're, they're the same size. But it's that perception and illusion when you're in Parky Ring. It's a, it's, it's a much smaller ground, obviously, than Parky Cueve. So it seems like a tighter venue. It's going to be packed out. It's going to be a full house. You're talking 11,000, 12,000 there that night. So you're going to have an atmosphere there. So hopefully the Cork fans will create an even better atmosphere and make it um, make it uncomfortable is the word for, for this Kerry team of superstars that will be travelling across the county bounds. And even though Cork are up against it, never say never. Yeah, well... <clears throat> Hopefully, it will all go the way of the Rebels. But, Kieran, you've caught up with Cork GEA chairman Mark Sheen to discuss the Porky Rain or Nowhere saga, why it happened, and what it means for Cork GEA. So, before we hear from Mark, do you want to just maybe give us a bit of, uh, a bit of background on him and his thoughts on the whole situation? So Mark Sheen is the, the, the Cork County Board Chairman. He was very kind to give us some of his time this morning. He's a very busy man at the moment because this is the busy time at the, at the inter-county scene. We saw the Cork under, under 20 footballers last month under 20 football final on Monday night to, to carry. And then you've the, the, the minor hurlers, the minor footballers under 20s, the senior hurlers, senior footballers. Like It's non-stop for Cork G8 inter-county level at the moment. Um, so basically this chat was just about Parky Ring. The game is now fixed for Parky Ring. Mark gives us an update on the works that took place at, at Parky Ring over the last couple of weeks to, to enable the game to take place there. What it'll mean for capacity, what it means for ticket sales. Do we know how many ticket sales will go on general sale? Um, I asked them to have Cork GA learned a lesson from this. Like, will concerts be fixed when these Munster Championship windows are on in the future to avoid a scenario like we had now? Because We've got all the way in this chat, and we haven't mentioned Ed Sheeran. 
Ed is playing at Parky Cueve two nights this week. It's all Ed's fault that the Cork footballers had to move out of Parky Cueve. He's given them um, Cork GA some bad habits. It was far from perfect, but we have the we have the the, the end that we want now. So as you'll hear from Max now he's in he's in good form that Cork GA have got the results that they wanted. On Monday night, the CCC of the Munster Council ratified Parky Ring as the venue for the Munster Senior Football Semi-Final between Cork and Kerry. The game will throw in at 6pm on May 7th. So now we know for certain that the game will be in Parky Ring. This has dragged on for the best part of a month and we're delighted now to be joined on the podcast by Cork GA Chairman Mark Sheehan. Mark, how confident were you that the game would be played in Parky Ring? Well, Kieran, I suppose we... Um, we, were, we were quite uncertain, I suppose, really, until the, the last few days. Uh, we got confirmation on Sunday night that uh, Monster CCC uh, had a scheduled meeting um, straight after the, the game in Kilarn, you know, 20 game intralee, rather. Uh, so up to that point, it was uncertainty, I suppose, the, the Kerry statement uh, was, was positive um, so many days earlier. So I suppose things began to crystallize at that point, but I suppose up until that time, we were quite uncertain uh, as to what was going to happen. Uh, but I suppose, as we had said initially, and when this whole thing became an issue, you know, that we were we would continue with the works, the, the necessary um, um, works in Parky Rin, which we have done. So it has moved, I suppose, now and, and has been formalized last night by the CCC of the Monster Council. Um, at a short meeting uh, which was held um, online uh, last night. So, yeah, we warmly welcome that decision and look forward now to, I suppose, you know, you know, I suppose there, there was an element of uncertainty which is now gone, which is positive. So it's all roads to Parky Rind for Saturday night week, which is very close. So that work to be done um, at all levels now between, between now and then and obviously a very, very busy schedule as well between matches and concerts and all that. Um, and very important matches as well, which is the most important thing. So yeah, look, looking forward to it now. I'm glad it's confirmed and that I suppose that distraction is, is gone. It's full steam ahead, like you say, Mark, now to May 7th when Kerry travelled up the road to park your ring. But when you go back to the Munster Council's original decision to switch the game down to Clarny, their issue centred around the capacity, which they said was reduced to 9,200. And if all the required works were completed, the, the max capacity would be 11,000. So um, just on the works, what, what works were needed on park your ring? Are they completed now? And what is the capacity for the game on May 7th? Yeah, there, there was some minor works to be done to, to steps that was, I suppose, on the stand, the covered stand side. Um, and there was also some, you know, I suppose, electrical enabling works uh, around scanning equipment for for the ticketing system. And um, they, they were the two main the two main items uh, of work. They have been completed now um, over a week in, in the case of the steps. And that has been quite satisfactory. And, and you know, they were the two main elements. And apart from that, it was general preparation uh, around the, um, you know, around the seating and toilets and all that. So, you know, and obviously when you have heavy media involvement and television coverage and, you know, print and radio media, so there has to be facilitation of, of all the people there. So we would expect, I suppose, subject to final confirmation and this will, I suppose, emerge in the next day or so. Um, we, we do know that people that have season tickets will be facilitated, of course, as is the norm and, and rightly so, of course. Um, so we would expect that the final capacity would be over would be over 11. Not exactly sure what figure that is right now. Um, but again, as I say, following on from that decision last night, all these things now I think will will fall into place um, very, very quickly. 
it's probably still too early to, to say so, Mark, how many tickets will go on general sale because we know that the Cork and Kerry season ticket holders, they will be entitled to tickets. So is a way to see then to find out how many tickets will go on sale to the, to the general public? Yeah, I think so. I'd expect that that would be confirmed in the next 48 hours at, 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 uh, you know, at, the, at the latest. And um, so you, you're talking in, in around the total capacity of between 11 and 12, I would imagine, you know, which is, is good. And then the latest football game is scheduled for 3.30. Uh, and so it's going to be a busy, busy afternoon uh, in, in, on the Boring Manor Road. When the footballers, when the Cork footballers released their statement um, off the back of the Munster Council statement, I think that was the tail end of March, um, at the very end of March, when the, the footballers said it, effectively it's park, e-ring or nowhere, and we saw over the last couple of weeks that they weren't blinking and they were sticking to their guns. Um, was it ever getting close to the point where where Cork were almost prepared to forfeit this game because that had been mentioned in some media that if, 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 if there was no solution to this, that this game could be forfeited. Like, was, was that ever discussed, Mark? No, I think look, we, we, we have to deal with, I suppose, you know, the, the reality on the ground. And, you know, this is a, I suppose, it's a Munster Council fixture. Um, we have a long and proud tradition of, um, you know, being in, in, involved in the Munster Senior Football Championship. And, and as well, you know, it, it's, it's, it's very clear that... Um, there is a progression to through the through the provincial stages of the All Ireland Championship, the the, the, the Sam McGuire Trophy, as it were, which concludes on on the seventeenth of July, and the provincial championship for all the provinces is a key part of that in terms of progression onto you know the qualifier stages, semi final, final. So it, it comes in one package, and I think really uh, ultimately the proud you know tradition that we have in Cork and, and very good. Um, innings and Munster Championship, we were never going to be, um, you know, found wanting in terms of participating. And whilst there might have been speculation, I mean, ultimately the, the board officers and 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 I suppose all who were tasked, you know, bringing this to a conclusion, you know, wanted Cork to be participating in that championship. It's essential um, that we were and that we are, and we will be, of course, uh, and for you know to be to give it a right good shot, which we're well capable of doing and to progress and um, you know to take our take our chances on, on the day it's going to be a tough game of course but um, we weren't going to be found wanting and as i say this distraction is now is now over mm. which is is good and, and is welcome you know and how helpful was kerry j's decision and, and their statement uh, late last week to say that they were willing to kind of set aside the, the home and away arrangement for fitzgerald stadium and park of for this year and that they were they're willing to travel to parky ring did that smooth in the passage to the to the conclusion it, it, to all this it did absolutely, and look, we have we're 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 fierce rivals with our our, our neighbours over the border, and and you know we've great great tussles with them, but we, we also have at an administrative level, uh, we have a great understanding with them as well, and I mean you know I, I certainly would would commend there, um you know we met with them obviously a number of times and discussed the various options, and it was a difficult situation for everyone, for ourselves, for Kerry, and for the Munster Council to be fair. And uh, the Kerry, you know, the Kerry statement was was very positive, and I suppose it, it opened up the the way for for a meeting last night uh, to happen and, and to, to confirm the fixture for for Parky Rin. And you know, it, 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 just to be clear, the the home and away arrangement has served us all well, um, and and that will you know continue and uh, with uh, the next opportunity you now will be in Killarney, um, in in 2023, and we will return to that arrangement, which has served both counties well, and it has served. Cork, I suppose Cork City in terms of Parky Cueve and Killarney in terms of Fitzgerald Stadium and I suppose all the, the, the travellers who travel over the county bounds back and forth um, well over the years and you know the circumstances this year around concerts and all that were 
This was an unfortunate confluence of circumstances, um, which we have explained before in terms of the original scheduling of the concerts for April 2020, and obviously the COVID-19 COVID situation um, became a reality, and that it disrupted so, so many things, um, least to the disruptions, I suppose, were the least significant disruptions were, were games and, um, you know, events like that in the context of, of sickness and illness and, and loss of life. And then the split season came into play. So that has, I suppose, they were the, the circumstances which came together, uh, which, which brought about this in the first instance. And, um, you know, we, we'd be very much uh, working on the, on the basis now of there will be concerts in the stadium, two very major ones this week, one on the 1st of July and, the, um, and again in August for the Westlife concerts, which are a carryover from, you know, an original date of, of August 2020. So we, we have all those uh, scheduled and what I mean our priority you know will be that you know that 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 key window of now that the split season is is confirmed will be free of concerts or that they won't interrupt the the availability of of party Quay from now on and, and and that will be achieved as well and that would be good uh, good for everyone good for our patron experience uh, in terms of the fine stadium that we have and welcoming you know teams and 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 supporters from from all over the country or, or all over the province that almost a lesson learned from 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 this kind of saga over the last couple of months that the Cork Chair, like you're going to set aside a window so when months of championship or so was on to, to try as much as you can not to have concerts. Are, are, are you saying, Mark, that we won't hold concerts in this window from now on? No, we're not. We're not saying that. But I mean, if concerts are held, um, they won't be disruptive to you know to the scheduling. And I suppose look the the, the clarity that we have around uh, scheduling, you know, at a I suppose at a a macro level now in terms of um you know the split season and the adjustments i mean normally the monster football final would be maybe around the 20th of june or there thereabouts so you're, you're you're going back so you know much earlier this year and similarly with everything else i mean the intercounty activity concludes on the 24th of july uh, this year 17th for hurling all and hurling final and 24th for all and senior football final so you know you're going straight from the league into the championship and then obviously a new format next year but that won't affect the the calendar as such so we'd be walking around that um i know that we have i suppose absolute clarity and uh, we move on from that and looking forward i suppose to to um you know brighter times ahead in terms of um our stadia and our games and our supporters and spectators and, and the concerts as, as well which are you know have their own benefits uh, for everyone apart from um from revenue and all that you know Finally, uh, we have a game to look forward to on May 7th. Like we said, Cork are, are home to carry in this Munster semi-final. And how important is it for the, the Cork public to get behind this Cork football team? Because it's no secret that they've had a, a tough year so far. The struggles in Division 2, but Cork managed to, to survive that relegation scrap. And, and then obviously Keith Ricken has temporarily stepped aside as manager with John Cleary stepping in. So it's been a it's been a tough couple of months for the footballer. So it'd be great, Mark, to see the Cork public come in behind this this young developing group and just give them the support that they need to hopefully take the next step and keep developing. Absolutely. And I mean, I just want to, I suppose, you know, acknowledge the fact that we, we did, we had a difficult league, but um, ultimately, you know, we prevailed and for everyone that was there, you know, in, in Tullamore and the whatever, three, four weeks ago now at this stage, a really difficult game against Offaly uh, came through by a point. And that confirmed our, our status in Division Two, which is hugely important. And you know that the team are worked. You know, had, had a, it, it was a difficult league, but um, you know, it was a good outcome, and it was good, I suppose, that that was the that was the outcome, and we moved on into championship focus and preparation. So, yeah, I certainly we want you know um, full and, and vocal support for our 
for our teams, all our, all our teams as well, football that we were talking about uh, this morning. Um, but I suppose also, you know, we've very important games coming up this week. Um, game, diff a difficult outing to Tralee last night um, in the under-20, uh, defeated to Kerry. Um, really important game on Wednesday night in Thorless, uh, in the under-20 hurling semi-final, Munster semi-final against Tip. And a senior game, really important senior game, senior hurling against Clare in Thorless again on Sunday. And then moving on, uh, minor match next Tuesday night, potentially uh, uh, under 20 hurling final on the 4th of May. So it's it's a really high point of activity. And, you know, I, I take the opportunity as well to wish all the teams well. And I suppose, you know, also to encourage uh, all our supporters to be, um, you know, positive in their support for our teams. And teams will win and lose and they'll have good days and not so good days. And um, it's important that we, you know, we're a proud county and we support our hurlers and footballers. And we do that, um, I suppose, in a respectful way as well. And your days will go against us. But it's really important that for the next, you know, two weeks now and for all the games that are ahead, and hopefully we will have a long summer that we'll have, um, you know, enthusiastic and and, and Cork support uh, of the best the best calibre, as it were, which we always have, great supporters and great clubs, and that we'll row in behind our teams. And, um, you know, they make a huge investment of time and commitment uh, to the game either code um, and you know you when you're involved I suppose with those teams fairly up close you, you see that and you understand that maybe a, a little bit more than I would have understood it a year or two ago the the the, the, the intensity as well that's involved in that um, the preparation it's it's fairly all consuming and you know it's it's one or last in 70 75 minutes on, on a field of play and sometimes the the commentary that comes in our punditry and commentary that comes thereafter is not very it's unbecoming really and um i distance i think ourselves from that and so some of that in the last while has been has been distasteful and um you know i think we need to really get behind our teams now uh, for the important games that are ahead and um you know we won't be found wanting when it comes to it um this year or indeed on the longer term picture that's very well said mark thank you so much for your time this morning appreciate how, how busy you are so thanks for coming thank on you. the star sport podcast no problem glad to do so thank you very much Kieran. thank you Delighted to be joined by Avril Condell of Access Credit Union, who's here to tell us a little bit about Cultivate Farm Finance. So Avril, maybe just give us a brief introduction to what Cultivate Farm Finance actually is. So Cultivate is a collaboration of 40 credit unions uh, throughout Ireland. Um, West Cork has both Access Credit Union and Bantry Credit Union. Uh, the loan itself is up to 75,000 unsecured uh, for seven years is the max term, but obviously can be uh, personalised and customised to each individual's needs. Um, it's a great facility actually for, for farmers and um, because it covers cash flow and um, machinery purchases, like there's a fertiliser crisis now as we know. Um, so literally anything that is required for the farm can be covered by this loan. The, the rate is very competitive and uh, we can match the, the repayment term and the um, repayment frequency to each individual farmer depending on their enterprise um, and you also have the benefit of the life cover that comes with the credit union loan which I think is very important for people these days at no extra cost. And if I'm a farmer and I'm listening to you on this podcast today how can I get involved? So if you're not sure of which credit union um, you're involved with you can go to Cultivate Credit Union directly which is www.cultivate-cu.ie or you can phone 1800 839 999.
And if Access is your credit union, you can contact me directly. So it's avril at accesscu.ie or you can ring me on 085-268-2727. The showpiece fixture of the West Cork soccer season takes place this Sunday at 2pm in Skibbereen. And in a few moments, we're going to be joined by author and journalist Jerry McCarthy to preview the Beamish Cup final between Clonakilty Soccer Club and Lawyer Rovers. But Kieran, this is always an exciting time of year in West Cork soccer because it's rare that the Beamish Cup delivers a stinker. It's always a good game and it looks like a really competitive final this season as well. Yeah, this is the showpiece game in the, the West Cork League calendar. When you look across to England, you could say like the FA Cup over the years has lost some of its luster and shine, but you can't say that about the Beamish Cup. The Beamish Cup is where it's at and it's the it's the competition that all and the trophy that all players in the West Cork League want to get their hands on. So what we have on Sunday in Skibbereen at two o'clock, it's the clash of near neighbours with Clannacilty Soccer Club going up against Lyre Rovers. And Clannacilty have been the bridesmaids of this competition over the last couple of years. They lost the last two finals in 2020 and 2021 to Dunmanway Town. But then in the semi-final a couple of weeks ago, Clan Kilty dethroned the Medway Town. So that was a, a big psychological boost to, to Clan ahead of this game. And they're going to go in as favourites. But that suits Lyre Rovers down to the ground. Um, there's, I'm not, I'm not saying Lyre Rovers have nothing to lose here. They've obviously a cup final to lose, but all, all the pressure will be on Clan Kilty to deliver, to finally deliver that Beamish Cup title. So it just sets it up. It's, it's an intriguing matchup. Like there are two teams that know each other so, so well. The, the players on both teams are friends. They know each other quite well. With the manager, the clan manager, John Leahy, on a couple of weeks ago, and I think he said he lives in the same estate, does he, as one of the one of the, the Lyre Rovers managers, or he, he's very friendly with them. So um, two teams know each other quite well. Two teams that have played each other in the Premier Division this season, Clan Kilty have won both, um, I think 7-0 on aggregate. So everything points to a clan win. But this is the magic of the cup. Who knows what will happen when it comes to a Beamish Cup final? So I caught up with Jerry McCarthy, who covers the West Cork League, and he was in Skibbereen a couple of weeks ago for the semi-final doubleheader just to get his thoughts on these two teams and also to get his one-word prediction. But when you ask Jerry McCarthy for a one-word prediction, it's never one word. All roads lead to Skibbereen this Sunday at two o'clock for the Beamish Cup final as Clannacilty Soccer Club and Lyre Rovers go to battle. And we're joined now by Ger McCarthy to look ahead to one of the, the showpiece games in the West Cork League calendar. First off, Ger, how big is the Beamish Cup and how prestigious is this competition in West Cork soccer? Oh, I, I think it's safe to say that you know, like the Premier Division, which is the, the top tier of uh, junior amateur soccer in West Cork. Uh, the Premier Division League title is something everyone covets and battles for, but the Beamish Cup has always had a very special place in the calendar for West Cork League soccer. It's always been the game that drew the biggest attendance, no matter what. Now, you might have a league playoff that suggests otherwise, but down through the years, and I mean the last 25, 30 years, the Beamish Cup is, is, is the big showpiece event. Traditionally, it used to be played on St. Patrick's Day, Kieran. But because of the way, um, you know, the seasons have moved and different teams and just, just the way the, the league has grown, it tends now to move to this time of the year, which is towards the end of April. But irrespective of when it's played, um, it's the one game guaranteed to draw the biggest attendance of the year. And uh, I don't think this year's one will be any different. Because if we look at the two finalists this Sunday, there are two teams that know each other quite well. And there's, even geographically speaking, there's that much between Clannacilty Soccer Club and Lyre Rovers. Let's look at Clann first. 
Um, Clan, lost the last two finals, both to Dunmanway Town, who they didn't beat in this year's semi-final. So how would you sum up Clan Kilty's form heading into Sunday? Oh, they are the farm team. There's absolutely no doubt about it. They're in, they, they have about four or five games in hand on Dreen or Angels at the top of the Premier Division at the moment. And they're in with a real shout of winning the Premier Division title, which would be the first time ever a Clannacilty senior team won it in West Cork, which is astounding to me, having played for them. Now, I've also played for Lawyer uh, in about a million years ago and got relegated with them, which is partially my fault. I'm sure they'll all tell you that. But right now, uh, at the top of the table, and the fact that Clan have beaten Lawyer twice this year in the Premier Division, and coming into it, I suppose, more than anything, their performance rather than the, the actual result against Dunmanway Town, considering they were missing a couple of players, was really impressive. Dunmanway didn't get going to late in that semi-final. And as you as you mentioned, they've beaten Clan in the last two Beamish Cup finals, which were held at Turner's Cross. And it's like Clan have, have won trophies over the last couple of years. They've won Premier Division Cups. They've won League Cups. But to win a Beamish Cup, even from interviewing the manager, John Mosey Lee, for this week's Southern Star, he said it himself, it would be massive for the town. It would be massive um, for the underage section uh, of the club. And remember, Clan Soccer Club, as they are referred to, are an amalgamation of two former teams, Clannacilty AFC, who I would have played for, and the other team, Clannacilty Town. So there's a very strong squad there this year. They've got a lot of talent um, right across the team. And like, you know, from Alan Murphy in midfield and Conor McKay, who, who played central midfield the last day, they've been very, very good for them, very consistent this year. Ian O'Driscoll's a name I know we keep bringing up from time to time. He scored the all-important winner in the semi-final. But one of their probably most creative players and a player who had a fantastic semi-final, Jonathan Leahy, is going to miss the Beamish Cup final because he got injured and went over on his ankle in that semi-final win. He's a huge loss to Clan, but they have depth. They have players on the bench that can come in and do a job for them, and they are certainly at the top end of the table. And the fact that they've beaten Lawyer twice this year, and Mosey's going to kill me, the manager, but they are the favourites going into this. You said they're the favourites, and I'm just looking at last weekend in the Parkway Hotel, maybe Coaches Cup, Clannacilty beat Skibbereen 7-0 in a quarterfinal. Mm. And you mentioned Eno Driscoll there. He got four goals in that. So, like you said, your Clannacilty are hitting form at the right time of the season. And they've, they they have momentum behind them now. Like you said, they're, they're in the Beamish Cup final. They're going well in the, the, the Parkway Hotel, maybe Coaches Cup. They're in that title fight in, in the Premier Division. So it's gearing up for a busy couple of weeks, but an exciting couple of weeks for Clan. Yeah, and I suppose, look, they, they are carrying a few injuries like Lawyer as well. Jonathan Lee, he's definitely out, but I know they're carrying a few knocks with a few other players coming into this Beamish final, Beamish Cup final. What's interesting, Kieran, is if you asked John Lee, what would he take? Um, like the Premier Division title is absolutely huge to him and to Clan Soccer Club. That's the one they really want to win. They want to beat Dreen and Dunmanway too. Now they're going to have to beat Dunmanway and Dreen before the season is out if they're going to do that. But right now, I think winning a Beamish Cup and the prestige associated with it. But I think for this particular group of players, I mean, if you're beating Skib 7-0, Skib are no slouches. Mm. Skib are a very good team in the championship. You know, um, if you're in that kind of form, for this particular group that have lost twice at Turner's Cross, to get the monkey off their backs, as they said themselves, by beating Dunmanway was one thing. But to win a Beamish Cup on top of what they've won in previous seasons, I think would be a real statement for them and, and something that, I think this particular group of players that have matured together up through the years, and they use matured lightly, but they've come up the, the ranks together, I, I think would be very special for them. And I think they're going to be going all out to win it. Don't get me wrong, the Beamish Cup is something they want to win. But that caveat at the back of their minds that this is a real opportunity this year for a Clannacilty team to win a first ever Premier Division title. When I was playing, we won second division, we won first division, but we never won the Premier Division title. We won the Beamish Cup as well, and it's a very, very hard thing to do as any West Cork League player will tell you. 
it would be fantastic if they could do that. But um, heading into the Beamish Cup, it's one they definitely want to win. And I think, as I said, more so because they lost the last two finals. And I think they played particularly well in both of those finals. Um, it would be nice for this particular group if they could get it done. But they have a really, really tough challenge against Lawyer. Just on Lawyer, again, looking at their, their result of the weekend, they had a very important 4-1 win against Togger Celtic and Shane O'Donovan hit a hat-trick and Garode Barry was on the score sheet too. And that was a, a big win for Lawyer just to push them away from that relegation zone because they've been in that relegation scrap. But the Beamish Cup has been a great distraction, you could say, for Lawyer from their struggles in the, in the, in the Premier Division. Are they surprise finalists, Jor? I suppose they are by their own admission. I mean, things were not going well in the league this year. They are they're in a relegation battle since the season started for a number of different reasons. I don't know. I don't think they've ever had their strongest eleven out a couple of weeks in a row. They'd be te- like Tom Barry and Willie Griffin who are in charge of them have done a fantastic job with them. When they have their strongest team out or close to their strongest team, as they did in the Beamish Cup semi-final against Riverside, and you mentioned the win that they got at the weekend, we covered in the Southern Star the week before. They played Drina in Lawyer, in a very, very important game for both teams. And it was only when they fell behind to Drina. They had the better of three quarters of that match. That's not being disrespectful to Drina. Lawyer were just as good as Drina, if not better than them, and missed a couple of glorious chances to get a draw out of that game, which would have been huge for them. So when they have their strongest 11 out, they're a match for anyone. They really, really are. And that's not just a kind of a cliche to build up the cup final. Like from the from front to back, I mean, in goal, like they've got Sean Ryan, who's one of the best goalkeepers, I think, in the Premier Division and in, in the top tier. He's a fantastic goalkeeper. He's reliable um, and he's going to be huge for them in this Beamish Cup final. But at the back, in the centre-back positions, Ethan Draper and Shane Buttermer, that centre-back pairing is going to be massive as well. And they are very, very, very good. Um, midfield, Gerard Barry is consistently one of the most effective and influential midfielders year after year after year in the Premier Division. This year is no different. When he plays well, lawyer play well. And it's up front. Um, we saw that like it was midfielder Kevin Cahan came up with the two goals against Riverside. They've got Shane O'Donovan, as you mentioned. They've also got Brian Welch. They may not have Sean White, the former Cork senior footballer, because he pulled up injured in the semi-final as well, and he would be a big loss. But just like Clan, they've got options off the bench. There's a young guy called Adam Hunt to keep an eye on. He scored against Trina the last night from a free kick. He's a player I've seen underage come up through the ranks. He played in the Cork Schoolboys League, a real talent as well. He's going to be a guy to watch out for in the cup final. They shouldn't be necessarily in the cup final based on form when you go from what's happened in their league, but they've been scoring goals for fun in the Beamish Cup. I, I said it in this week's preview with an interview in this week's star with Tom Barry, the manager. They scored three times uh, against Kilgobbin, down in Kilkill, which was a big win, and they put five past Castletown Bear on the road as well. And they scored three in the semi-final. I think they're going to have to score twice, maybe more, to beat Clonakilty. They certainly have the capacity to do that. And they also are coming into form at just the right time, as much form as you can when you're relegation battle. But I fully expect them to stay up this year. I think they have too much quality coming into the final two weeks of the year to do that. The question is, will that will that be in it? Will that will that play in their minds going to a cup final against Clan? They know each other so well. There's only a couple of miles, miles between the two grounds. They see each other every weekend. They know each other inside out. And as Tom Barry pointed out, Clan have beaten them 7-0 on aggregate in the league this year. So does that come for anything coming into it? I'm not so sure. But I still think Lawyer at their strongest, with their strongest 11 out, playing at their optimum, they're going to have to do something extra special, I think, to beat Clan in the cup final. But when you're the underdogs, Kieran, and as we've seen in multiple Beamish cup finals in recent years, anything can happen. That's exactly it, Jaron. You've almost printed my next question. <laughs> Clan of Kilty will go in as favourites, whether John, John Lee here likes that or not. Like they will, Clan will be the favourites for this. Lawyer are the underdogs. But when you consider 
that kind of keep they've come up short in the, in the last two cup finals as well. And there's a derby element there, and there's the element of the unknown when it comes to a game like this. Even though Clan will be the favourites, like Lawyer have more than a fighting chance here. Absolutely, and I think they have enough quality to work uh, to to hassle Clan like something Tom Barry alluded to in, in the interview in this week's star was they're they're notoriously slow starters this year. When Lawyer fall behind, they're in trouble. Now, they, they nearly got it back against Strain in the league, but they gave themselves too much of a mountain to climb. And they were very slow over the traps. Riverside were really, really good in the first half of their semi-final. Riverside could have put them away with a bit more luck. They hit the post and they could have had a, a bit more better finishing. It might be Riverside we're talking about here today. But the thing with Lawyer is, much like Clan, Clan are a confidence team. If Clan start well, it's very hard to get them out of their rhythm. They're very, very good. They play a lovely brand of football. They work it from the back. They work it out the wings. They've got pace with Liam Anthony White. Um, on the wing as well and like they can hurt you from different areas but what impressed me the last day was no matter how badly lawyer started they still fight right to the end you always get a tough game from them and John Lee to be fair to him in the interview as well this week expects that so I, I actually think league positions go out the window this weekend in the Beamish Cup final because it's a derby because they know each other so well nerves won't be a problem because they've both played their semi-finals at the same fantastic Baltimore grown road grown in Skibreen. We have to give credit here to Ali the groundsman because the pitch is in magnificent shape and I've no doubt it will be as well for the Beamish Cup final uh, this weekend. And that's a factor because these are two teams who like to get the ball down and play. And I would encourage anyone that has never been to a Beamish Cup final or has nothing to do on Sunday, come and watch it because the quality of football will surprise you. And these are two teams with a lot of very good footballers in them uh, in each side who are capable of producing a cracking final. Um, I, I think Lawyer have enough quality to win it. It would be a surprise, but they certainly have enough quality to win it. Who gets the better start in the first 15, 20 minutes will dictate a lot of what is going to happen. That's why I think it's going to be an absolute cracker because both of them will come out and attack from the first minute. They're, and that's not a cliche. They genuinely will come out and look, look, look to get a foothold in the game. Where it's going to be decided is going to be interesting. I think both defences are very, very strong. Clan rarely give away a lot of goals. And if Lawyer can keep a clean sheet for the first 20 minutes, even the first half, I think they'll start to put a bit of doubt into clans' minds. And that would be interesting. How it's going to go, I'm preempting your next question. <laughs> I really don't know, but my gut tells me, and what I saw in the two Beamish Cup semi-finals, is that clans should win it. But the way Lawyer Rovers played against Dreener Rangers in a league match a couple of weeks, uh, two weekends ago, when Dreener going for the title now, remember, gives them more than a fighting chance. It's 51-49, and I'm being serious there. It's that close in, in coming into this Beamish Cup final, which should make for an exciting spectacle. And there's enough good quality players on both sides. If they get the ball down and start playing, we're going to have a fantastic final, a quality final, which I think would be a, a fitting end to what's been a kind of a high-scoring competition this year. And if the semi-finals are anything to go by, it's going to be an absolute cracker. Um, you're 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 living in Clannacilty. You're yeah. you know, you know both teams quite well. You've an association with both teams. So, in one word or two words, call it Clannacilty Soccer Club. After extra time, I think. I think you've heard it here first. Jor is tipping Clannacilty, but just want to almost reemphasize what Jor said. If anyone can get to Skib on Sunday, go watch this. This is the this is the big this is the showpiece game at the West Cork League calendar. Two top class teams. We'll, we'll, we'll go to war for the for the honour of being the Beamish Cup champion. So head along and for a good afternoon's entertainment. Thanks for joining us, Jor. No bother. Talk soon. Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast, number one for sport in West Cork. Kieran, before we wrap up this week's Star Sport Podcast, we're going to preview 
this week's Southern Star Sports section. But briefly before we do, I just want to flag to listeners that this week's Southern Star will also feature a 24-page property magazine. So a free West Cork property magazine in this week's Southern Star. So if you enjoy creeping on other people's homes or dreaming about moving into a seaside resort down in Skull or some other such place, this is the magazine for you. So remember, free 24-page West Cork property magazine in this Thursday's Southern Star, alongside it, the much more important Southern Star sports section, which Kieran is going to tell us about right now. On a side note, Jack, we need a West Cork Cribs. Remember that show on MTV, Cribs? You got to peek into the, the, the homes of the of, of the rich and famous. We need a West Cork version of that. I think that'll go on pretty well because there's some... There's some really big names down here in West Cork with some really cool homes. So maybe that's something for the Southern Star Editorial winners, Department. Oscar winners, Oscar nominees. Um, it just doesn't, it doesn't get much bigger than that. CEOs, managing directors, all sorts. So yeah, there's some serious pads in West Cork. I'd be the first to put myself forward to do that feature so long as I could have a meal and maybe spend the night in the house we were... And a creep around, like you said. Yeah, have a proper creep, like... So I'm going to offer that ID for free to the Southern Star Editorial and News Department. But back to the more important matters, this week's sports section. So there's a hell of a lot going on. We have a big interview with Paul O'Donovan, our Olympic gold medalist in, in this week's sports section. Last week, he was named as an ambassador for the National Dairy Council. So whenever you talk to Paul O'Donovan, it's always insightful and it's never boring and he's always interesting. So just chatting about where he's at right now in terms of, of college, his studies, his exams rowing his plans for the year ahead and so on so that's that's well worth to read and you'll come away from it feeling much more enlightened and knowledgeable about Paul O'Donovan the man the rower the the sporting legend but as well as that given that GA venues have been a hot topic in Cork this last month and we covered it earlier in the podcast I asked Holly O'Sullivan our columnist to um to rank his top West Cork GA venues so he loved me for asking him that. He said he's going to get the amount of abuse now because the ones he didn't, the ones he, he he left out and he couldn't put in, but he has his top eight from eight down to one. So these are the venues that Holly O'Sullivan um, thinks are the best in West Cork, but he's based it on his personal experiences and memories he has there. So that's important to to to, to note, but r- really worth checking out that. We, um, we also have an interview with Fintan Finner. He's the young footballer from Castledown Bear who captained Bear Community School to All-Ireland Senior D um, football success in March because Finton picked up a West Cork Sports Star monthly award last week. So so that is there. The, the Cork Curlers have a huge game against Clare this weekend, so we previewed that. The Cork Camogie team beat Waterford in the Munster semi-final. We have that. The under-21 hurling situation in Carberry is very busy at the moment. So we have reports from the under-21 B and C finals. They were wins for Kilbritton and and Rasa Gabriels. We also look ahead to the under-21A Carby Hurling final, which is between Newcastle and Ivan Gales this Friday night in Ahiol. There's a Beamish Cup final in there. There's a look forward to the Rally the Lakes. The West Cork School by Soccer is back. So we have, a, we have a hell of a lot in there. We also have the news about the West Cork Kickboxing Club um, run by Ian Kingston. They're going to hold in a fundraiser on, I think it's May 15th, with details in this Thursday Southern Star but what they're doing, Jack, they're doing something different. They're going to carry a ring up to the top of Karen Tuhill and they're rolling out Lily Delacour, the former world champion, Tony Stevenson, the former world champion. I think Deirdre Begley's there um, as well. And they're going to have exhibition fun bouts at the top of Karen Tuhill that day. 
And not only that, they're doing it in superhero costumes. So you'll have to check out this Thursday Southern Star to see what Tony Stevenson will be dressing up as, to see who Lily Delacour will be climbing, Karen Tulin, what's what um, superhero she'll be. So that's one to keep an eye out for. Um, and it's for Red Cross Ukraine as well. So we'll have details in this Thursday Southern Star. So you can see there's a lot going on. That sounds like an amazing fundraiser. So I look forward to seeing how that goes. Uh, if you can't make it to a shop this Thursday to pick up the Southern Star, you can always subscribe online. Just go to www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper and subscribe to the Southern Star on your computer, your tablet, or even your smartphone for less than two euro per week. Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast. We'll be back at the same time next week with our big preview of the Cork and Kerry game. If you enjoy listening to these shows, please make sure to rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Slán Tamil.